Welcome to Freedom Matters Today. I am Michael J. Sutton, and this is episode 25 in our series, Freedom from Fear. Is Jesus your God, or is he for everyone? One of the most hideous things about being in the Church of England is the idea that God is for the English, that God is English, that God speaks English, and that Jesus is an Englishman. It sounds completely stupid, but in practice it is the common belief of many people in England and around the world. The liturgy of the Anglican Church, a poor imitation and copy of the Roman Mass, and the prayer book, a plagiarised version of the Missal, written before copyright laws, is drenched in English culture, English values, and the satanic English class system. The Anglican Church, or the Church of England, is a relic of imperialist Britain, a celebration of the empire, genocide and colonialism. At full steam, if one has the misfortune of attending High Mass at one of the so-called High Church services with robes, incense and choral music, one feels that one is no longer in Sydney or Nairobi or California in 2022, but one has been transported to the, to the days of the British India with half-naked locals holding large fans for the women in long dresses and men in army tunics before the Indian mutiny. The Church of England and Anglicanism is out of date. It belongs in a museum, and many of its leaders can go there too to be stuffed like birds or extinct animals. The Church of England is a lesson in history and the misappropriation of faith the corruption of the glorious gospel of Christ and how godless a nation can become when it only pretends to follow God. It is Christian fascism at its height and many today sadly long for its return. Peter also had a similar view to the Anglicans, one that was out of date. He and many other early Christians had a broader belief in an exclusive faith. They believed that only Jews could find salvation in the Messiah Jesus. They honestly believed that non-Jews from the nations could have no real or equal part in the Saviour Jesus the Messiah or the Christ. He says so in Acts chapter 10 verse 28. He said to them, that is to Cornelius and his friends, who were uh, members of the Italian regiment, presumably, or Cornelius was, the centurion. He said to them, you are well aware that it is against our law for a Jew to associate with or visit a foreigner. In most translations it reads Gentiles, but this is a polite rendering. The Greek word means foreigner, or one of the different nations or races. He says to them, You are well aware it's against our law for a Jew to associate with or visit a foreigner. Peter believed this. He believed the law of Moses. And up to his encounter with God, he had no problem reconciling this xenophobia with his belief in Jesus as his Messiah. This was spiritual xenophobia. But before we judge him, this has also been the attitude of most Western Christians for centuries. Their attitude to foreigners, or poor people, or people of a different class, or people of a different background or religious affiliation, have fallen foul of their own prejudice 
as they deny the good news of Jesus to anyone and everyone who is not in their group. I've always struggled with Peter's lack of faith in this, his spiritual xenophobia, his reluctance to see the global extent of the love of God found in the Lord Jesus Christ. I do not judge him, because but for the grace of God go I. But the Hebrew Bible is full of passages that predict or foreshadow a broader enfranchisement of the covenant than the nation of Israel. Come, let us go up to the mountain of the Lord, says Isaiah chapter 2, verse 3. There are the stories of Rahab, Ruth, Naaman the Syrian, the widow of Zarephath, to name a few. The Hebrew Bible, whilst clearly anointing Israel, is equally clear on the broader extension or coverage of the salvation of the Lord. How could they not see it? How could they be so blind to this anticipation? I also believe that this is the forgivable misunderstanding as the first generation of people who came to fight the faith in Christ. I forgive them. I do not blame them, nor do I judge them. I do not, however, forgive the people of the nations who have come after them and have chosen to divide the kingdom of God down ethnic and nationalistic lines. What Christian fascists have done and continue to do is the blaspheming of God's name among the nations and the quenching of the Holy Spirit. You see, Peter needed a vision from God to convince him that the law of Moses no longer applied, that foreigners could come to faith in Christ as equal partners on equal terms as siblings in Christ. There were several aspects to this. First, he received the worst possible vision from God, one that was deeply offensive and challenged his assumptions. In his vision, he saw a tablecloth of food with all the creepy crawlies that he was forbidden to eat under the law of Moses, recorded in Acts chapter 10, verses 11 to 16. Peter saw heaven opened and something like a large sheet being let down to earth by its four corners. It held all kinds of four-footed animals as well as reptiles and birds. Then a voice told him, Get up, Peter. Kill and eat. Surely not, Lord, Peter replied. I have never eaten anything impure or unclean. The voice spoke to him a second time. Do not call anything impure that God has made clean. This happened three times, and at once the sheet was taken back into heaven. Now it's interesting what happens next. Peter begins to think about the vision and how it applied to food, and then his mind goes beyond food to other things, such as people. God did not say, Welcome foreigners, Peter, but he said, Kill and eat. God left it up to Peter to work it out for himself. He does that with us, he gives us his word and tells us his truth, and often he leaves it up to us to work it out. His spirit does the work in our heart. Do not think that anything is too hard for God. He was able to work in the life of Peter, so nothing is too difficult for him. Peter travels to see Cornelius with other Jewish Christians, and when he arrives he realises he is in the presence of lots of foreigners. He must have guessed at this, but he tells them plainly the reality of the state of Israel at that time, the relative position of Jews and Greeks, even foreigners who had come to faith in the God of Israel, like Cornelius. He tells them, 
that he is not allowed to associate with foreigners or visit them, but that God had shown him a vision. And yes, he had worked it out. He says in Acts chapter 10, verse 28, these words, But God has shown me that I should not call anyone impure or unclean. Peter said nothing about food. He had worked it out. The Spirit had told him to go and see the Roman. Acts chapter 10, verses 19 to 20. It is about 63 kilometres, about 39.15 miles these days to go between the two cities. And so, along the road, Peter pondered and worked it out. God doesn't rush us. He helps us work things out in our own mind. When Peter had arrived, it all became clear. Peter tells them that he realises that God shows no favouritism, that he calls both Jews and foreigners to have a relationship with Jesus the Christ, the Messiah. Peter preached to them about Jesus, a summary of the life and person of Jesus, and our need to trust in him. Luke writes in Acts chapter 10, verses 44 to 47, While Peter was still speaking these words, the Holy Spirit came on all who heard the message. The circumcised believers who had come with Peter were astonished that the gift of the Holy Spirit had been poured out even on foreigners. For they heard them speaking in other languages and praising God. Then Peter said, Surely no one can stand in the way of their being baptised with water. They have received the Holy Spirit just as we have. This episode is the neglected day of Pentecost, when the Spirit fell on foreigners as well as Jews. Why it is neglected by the Church is no mystery because the Church has tried to remove the Jewish origins of the faith, such as dissecting the, the beauty and wonder of the Passover into the monstrosity of the Mass. Fortunately, the text of the Scriptures has remained intact. Perhaps it's because the Church expects few to bother reading it beyond the sectarian bigotry of their nationalistic Church. Peter, not Paul, is the great transformation of a Jewish man. He is the one, along with Philip, who took the Gospel to the nations, to those who were not Jews. Philip seems to be the most relaxed of the three men and seems to glide in and out of history with ease. Paul needs to be knocked off his horse and blinded, while Peter is shown the offensive vision and God allows him to work it out for himself. For Peter, God has no favourites. The only real division was between Jew and non-Jew, and Peter tells us there is no difference. So why has the Church made so many divisions, and why do people think Christianity is an American religion or an English religion? Why is China shutting down churches out of fear that they are spreading American values? Christianity is not American. When you feel the fear of rejection at church or amongst people who call themselves Christians by whatever barrier they impose upon you, know this, God has no favourites. God treats everyone the same. There is one Saviour for all, Jesus the Messiah, who calls all to believe and follow him. Remember, freedom matters today because you matter to God. 
Thank you for listening to this podcast. Join me tomorrow for another episode of Freedom from Fear.